T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People will ask me, well, how are the Sabres going? Are they going to win tonight? I don't have a clue. On WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, let's waste no time getting to Paul Hamilton. He's going to be a very, very, very busy man over the next week. Uh, covering the Sabres with the expansion draft, with today and tomorrow with the protection list, and also the NHL draft, which is coming up next Friday. And next week, today, we'll be speaking about the draft for rounds two through seven. Paul Hamilton joining us on the Western Hotline. Good afternoon, Paul. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? I'm pretty good. Are you taking in any of the uh, Open Championship action right now? I have not seen one shot yet, ah, but okay. eventually I think I will. I, I get more into that as we get to Sunday, a little bit Saturday maybe. Fair enough. But I'm not I'm not much of a golf fan, so I definitely I never watch on a major or any golf on Thursday or Friday. Hey, I figured I'd ask because I don't know I don't know what kind of influence <laughs> Brian Koziel has on you in in terms of getting the chance to watch these. So, well, I'm um, good entertainment for him. Um, the Odd time we go out and play golf. It's probably been five, six years since we played golf. Okay, he, he gets a lot of entertainment when I uh, <laughs> when I play golf. With well, him. well, if if you're entertaining in golf with, you should maybe go out for a round with me. I, I'm I'm the type of golfer <laughs> where uh, I'm already doing it wrong in the first place because I'm a left hander. That's that's the that's the fun phrase that likes to go around. Is if you're a lefty, you're doing it wrong right off the bat. So. Yeah, I'm about Howard Speed. Where I don't know who's the better golfer, <laughs> me or Howard. It's 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 touch and go. Oh boy, yeah, and and Howard usually is the one who's who's always getting the award of the lowest golfer at the WGR golf tournament. Oh, I won that one year. Ooh, I, I probably have that trophy displayed in my living room. Oh goodness. Well, uh, well, hopefully, hopefully there are uh, better things to come with your golf game, and same thing with the Sabers. Hopefully, there are better things to come with the Sabers over the next week. Here, lots of action going on, Paul, with uh, with. The with what's to come today, tomorrow, and throughout the throughout the week, how busy do you expect things to get in terms of uh, activity for the Sabers and General Manager Kevin Adams? Do you think it's going to be a busy time, or do you think that um, you know? I, I know it's so hard to forecast, but I mean, something's got to give here, right? Yeah, but we're not going to be real busy for. A while. I mean, we'll we'll find out the list tomorrow, but as of three o'clock today, you have the waiver and trade freeze. They can only unless they make a trade with Seattle. That's the only team they can trade with. Now that doesn't mean they can't come to an agreement on a deal with somebody. I mean they can they can say all right, we've agreed to trade Jack Eichel and we have the parameters of the deal, and they can't be announced until one o'clock on the twenty second. So the twenty second could be a very busy day, 
as people start getting their trades ready for the next day when the first round of the draft starts. Paul Hamilton joining us here on the Western Hotline on WGR. If you've got a question, comment, or thought for Paul Hamilton, feel free to uh, to chime in and, and let Paul know what you're feeling about the Sabres at 803-0550. If you still need a toll-free number, it's one 550 2550 So, Paul, the, the, the transaction freeze takes place today at 3 o'clock. After 3 o'clock, nobody can be traded. Nobody can be put on unconditional waivers for buyout. Uh, and, you know, we're then at that point, we wait till 5 with the expansion protected list that has to be uh, submitted, and then we'll know tomorrow. But uh, do you expect anything before 3 o'clock today, whether it be with the Sabres or league-wide? It's been fairly quiet. Uh, yesterday, Dreger was talking about... Uh, you know, Rasmus Ristolainen starting to ramp up a little bit. Uh, you know, if you're going to trade Ristolainen and that's your plan, it would be it would behoove them to do it before three o'clock because then you don't have to worry about are you protecting him, are you protecting Will Borgen, or you know you, the decision's been made for you. Then should should he be traded before that? So that would be the only one. They really don't need Eichel or Reinhardt's spots for the forwards, unless you really have a desire to protect Zemgis Gergensen's. And I don't see where that, why they, I mean, that's an overpriced contract right. and a guy who missed the full season. Yeah. So you you don't really need Eichel's spot or Reinhardt's spot, but you could use the defenseman's spot. So, yeah, if if, you, if we're going to see anything, that's the one I would expect is a wrist aligning before 3 o'clock if that's what they, you know, if they got something close. Paul, you pointed it out pretty well in your article at WGR550.com. It it shouldn't be it should be a no-brainer in terms of the forwards, but with the defensive group, that's where the debate really gets to to be heated up. And you're I'm on the same boat as you are. It really isn't that much of a debate when you think about it. It should be Will Borgen that's protected. You should leave Rasmus Ristolainen unprotected. And the only prevailing thought that I can think that people would not want to protect Ristolainen is you don't want to lose a guy that, I, I mean, I, I don't mean, I, I really even thinking about what I was just trying to say. It's just kind of like, no, nah, it doesn't really make sense. It, it just, to me, just really has no point as to why you would protect Ristolainen over Borgen because I do believe along with you is that if you leave Borgen unprotected there he's obviously going to Seattle oh I think I in my mind there's no question I mean you never say never but I think uh you know Bottrell's there as the assistant GM he knows he knows Will very well Mm -hmm. um so you know I just think there's no question Borgen would be and and the thing is I understand that and I've been saying this for a while now. It's, it was just so obvious to me that the Sabres were overvaluing Ristolainen. They think he's worth more than most of the league does by a lot. And the asking price is a lot, a young defenseman and a high draft pick. I don't mind that. I mean, why not ask high? I mean, you're not going to your, – your best offer isn't going to be the first time you talk on the phone with somebody. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, that, that, that that's all right, but – I would hope, especially since Sam Ventura is here now in the analytics department, that they wouldn't think that's what they're going to get for Ristolainen. I hope right. Kevin Adams is, and I, I think I do know Kevin Adams a little smarter than that, to, to know that that's not what he's going to get. Now, again, I'll repeat, never say never. Maybe I'll be shocked, and he will get that. So if 
if he has it in his head that, well, this is what we're going to get for Ristolainen, well, then he has a reason for protecting him. Because if you're going to get a high pick and a good young defenseman, all right, if you know for sure that's what you're getting, then maybe I can go along with you. But unless you have a trade in the works, I don't know how you would know that. And I just, especially as I said with, with Ventura around now, I, I just don't see how he could actually think that. Right. I, I'm I'm in the same boat where it's just it's so hard to even fathom the thought that you know they're they're going to get what they think he's worth it, at this point. If 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 you got a deal like that in the past, why haven't you made a deal like that? If you think that's what you would have gotten in the first place, so I mean, to me, when you when you look at Borgen compared to Ristolainen's game, Borgen is j- almost just as good as Ristolainen, other than minus the fact that they're two totally different type of players. Borgen's more of a defensive player who is very responsible in his own end and eats up a lot of minutes, whereas Ristolainen can be that two-way guy that provides the offense, but super inconsistent in his own end. Yeah, absolutely is. The two unaware, um, I just don't think, I think he's too stubborn. I think there's a way that Rasmus Ristolainen thinks the game should be played, and no coach is going to tell him different. And I think he's, no matter who the coach is, that's the way he's going to play. And, you know, it just, he, he makes some dumb decisions out there. It's as simple as that. I mean, how many times do you see him in the right area but not covering the guy that scores the goal? You know, because he he thought of it a split second after the puck went in the net. You know, it's too late. So now it's, you know, now the puck's in the net. But then he'll tantalize you for a while. He'll go like 6 7 games and play really really well and look great in his defensive zone and make very few mistakes and joins the rush. And does all the good things. And then you see, so, okay, yeah, he's getting it. So he, he, he gives you that little bit, and then he falls back in his old ways. The only, the only time that was different this year is I thought he and McCabe this year, to start the year, were good every game. I, I, and, and they Ristolainen really improved. McCabe was on top of his game. If I got that Rasmus Ristolainen every game, I wouldn't be interested in training him. I'd be interested in finding a, a, a new contract for him. Mm-hmm. But if, if they really think he's worth that, then they should be trying to resign him. Yeah. Why would you want to trade a defenseman that could that is worth what you're trying to tell everybody he is worth? Um, he's not. But if you if you feel he's worth that, then why aren't you trying to sign him to a contract extension? Exactly. Yeah. It's it's very puzzling that way. And and you know, I think a lot of people are. I don't know if they're bracing for it, but, you know, I think a lot of people would be at ease if come, you know, three o'clock today, Rissalainen gets, you know, dealt and then it just opens up that spot for Borgen and there's no debating it anymore. I think that would be the the right move to make. But again, if the, if Kevin Adams believes that that's his value with the the player and the and the high pick, then and at least that's what Darren Dreger said yesterday, then obviously then probably a move isn't going to be made before 3 o'clock and they'd hope that they get that value. But then that just leaves the the thought also for people that, okay, they're protecting Ristolainen because they still believe they can get that value and then they're going to lose Borgen. So. And, and what drives me crazy too is people, we don't want to lose him because he hits. Right, right. Yeah, that he drives does. me nuts. He does. He does hit, absolutely. Yeah. And, Borgen will bring that to the table, but Borgen hasn't been, you know, in that many games. So when Borgen's not there, Rissalainen brings something that nobody else on the defense brings. A little bit Colin Miller, but not a lot. Okay. But 
how many times do you see him, and I love hitting just as much as the next person does, but the rush is coming on, and Ristolainen from the right defense all of a sudden starts veering to the left, cuts in front of the guy, his own defensive partner, makes a hit, and takes himself totally out of position. And now you've got a two-on-one the other way because he to make the big hit, he takes himself out of position, and he does that all the time. And that drives me out of my mind. And I, and I think to myself, okay, and, and Rasmus Ristolainen, you know, he does have that drive. He does work out hard. Um, he, he does want to win. There's no question about that. You know, I like his attitude. I, I like his, his makeup that way. But to me, just because he hits, doesn't that doesn't mean that he's a great defenseman for you and you need to keep him and take all his defensive flaws with it because he hits. And and a guy that can easily hit and be more responsible is Will Borgen. So there's another notch and uh, another feather in the cap for Borgen in terms of trying to make the argument of protecting him over a guy like Rasmus Ristolainen. Paul Hamilton joining us here on the Western Hotline here on WGR. Again, if you have a question or comment for Paul, you're more than welcome to join us at 803-0550, or you can use the toll-free number 1-888-550-2550. Paul, do you think there's any, any possibility that, you know, maybe that since the Sabres would be, you know, with this with this expansion draft, if they're giving maybe they are giving up Will Borgen, but maybe as incentive they say, all right, well, if you know, maybe take Kyle Oposo as well, or you know, I don't know, I don't think there's any way they're taking Jeff Skinner, but hey, maybe if you're going to take Oposo, we will give you Jeff Skinner or some some sort of compens or not Jeff Skinner Oposo and some sort of compensation. Do you still think there's a possibility of that at all? Yeah, that's one way they could keep both Ristolainen and Borgen is. And and I know they've looked into Oposo is to lean them towards that way, but that's going to take, I think, more than the sixth round pick it took that Vegas took to leave Linus Allmark alone. I think I think you're probably more in the third or fourth round type of category. So do they feel that's worth it? I mean, you get rid of a contract that's only has two more years left. Um, as far as cash itself, it's four million both years. As far as cap hit at six million, that you would be you would be able to get rid of. Um, I've been hearing a lot of hand wringing that well maybe you could get rid of Skinner if you're allowed to keep half the salary. Sabers aren't doing that. They're not keeping dead money. That's that's a thing of the past. It's over. It's done with. They're not doing it. Um, they're not. They, they kept money in the one year deals of Hall and that type of thing, but that was just this year and that's it. You know, but they're not going to keep money, especially in a, in a Skinner situation, for six years. Right. And I don't know if they can anyway. Mm-hmm. As an expansion draft, I don't know if you can keep money. I think that would have to be a trade, if quite honestly. But all I, I keep hearing is, well, the Sabres can keep money on this and they can keep money on that. Just stop talking about it because they're not going to. That's not what Terry Pagula is doing anymore. And don't forget... Before Taylor Hall rolled around last year, the Sabres had a budget of $71 million, 71.5, I believe, Mm -hmm. for the salary cap. They weren't going to go over it. Then Taylor Hall thing came around, and Kruger was basically running the organization, and they pretty much were going to give Kruger anything he wanted. So it's like, all right, here's Taylor Hall. We'll do it. We have the cat. But (laughs) let's not forget about that, folks. 
I don't think they're going to be spending the 81.5. Now, that's another one where you say never say never. You don't know what's going to roll around. But I think the idea is they're probably going to be around $71.5 million. Uh, I think that's what, uh, you know, Adams is under. It's just like hiring a coach. He had a budget to hire a coach. Mm-hmm. And that budget, I don't think, can, you know, included Bruce Boudreau. Or, and, and quite honestly, I don't even think if Boudreau would have gotten the job anyway. In this particular case, I think it was Granado unless Brindamore became available and there was no indication that he was going mm-hmm. to. So I, I don't think that's a big deal that they had a coaching budget, but they did. And I think, you know, I think people are forgetting that player budget last year, and I think they're back under that player budget, especially if you clear out, you know, $10 million of Jack Eichel's cap and you clear out 5.4 of Ristolainen's and uh, you clear out whatever you would have had to pay uh, Reinhardt. I mean, a qualifying offer is 5.2 if he were to accept that. You clear all that out of there. Well, don't don't be shocked if it's seven seven seventy one million or around there. Yeah. All right, Paul. Well, uh, the the one thing that I do want to point out with the um, with your article, the last thing I'll point out with the article at WGR five fifty is the goaltending situation. The only contract that the Sabers have to really worry about at goaltender. Uh, with the expansion draft is Dustin Tokarski. Allmark's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Hutton's going to be an unrestricted free agent. So what do the Sabres do there? I mean, they have that open goalie spot that they're going to have to use to protect someone. Do they protect Tokarski because he's the only one under contract, or do they protect a guy like Allmark to make sure that a team like Seattle is not negotiating with him, opening up that possibility that he agrees to a contract and signs with them leading up to the expansion draft? Yeah, they can't protect Tokarski because they have to make a goaltender with experience available. Yes. So he has to be that goalie. They mm-hmm. have nobody else. I mean, there's not, there's nobody else they can. So that would have to be Tokarski, and uh, Allmark would have to be the other one then if you didn't want them negotiating with him type of a deal. Um, so, yeah, there, there's there's no choice in that one. Yeah. Yeah, and, and some because I did an expansion draft on our website, and, and, and there was just – a, uh, and there were some people that were just saying, well, you know, you should be doing your homework because there's just no way that teams are going to protect their unrestricted free agents that are going to be, you know, heading to the free agent market as of the 28th. And it's just, no, you could protect those players. If you don't want them going to the market and allowing them to talk to Seattle during this time, you protect them. I mean, a guy like Alex Ovechkin, I mean, unless you're absolutely sure that they're not going to talk with anyone other than themselves, then you you should be protecting them. But, you know. Uh, in this instance, I mean, you have to protect Allmark. Yeah, exa- exactly. Uh, you know, there isn't a choice. I mean, you've got the young goaltenders who you know don't need to be protected. So yeah, there there is no choice. All right, eight zero three zero five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. Got a caller here, uh, Mitch in Highland, joining us here on WGR with a question for Paul. Go ahead, Mitch. Yeah, I'm just wondering about this debate that I've heard not only from you guys here this morning, but but on on most of the other shows too about whether we're going to protect Borgen or Ristolainen, and, um, and why is it that Yoki Haru is automatically deemed to be protected? I, I don't see enough in his game to necessarily just assume we need to protect him over the other two. Why why aren't we discussing? Yoki Haru possibly being left unprotected. Okay. Because there's there's no way, number one, he's a number one pick. Number two, he played under Don Granado much, much, much better. I mean, he was back to the way he was when he was acquired from the Blackhawks. 
Um, so it wasn't just Darlene playing better. Yoki Haru was much better too. So, you know, he brings he brings a lot to the defense. You know, he's a, he's a good puck mover. Um, when he's on his game, he's good defensively. He plays angles very well. Um, he's not afraid. I mean, he's not one of these guys that shies away if somebody's going to hit him and then loses the puck. That was Pilot's problem. Pilot was scared to death to get hit. And if he, then teams found that out, so they'd send two court checkers in on him and just go straight at him, and he would get real stiff and look well, when he saw that he's going to get hit, and he'd stand up straight and he'd lose the puck um, because he was going to get hit. Uh, Yoki Haru's not like that. He's 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 fine with that. So um, that's why I think Yoki Haru played very well once Don Granado showed up. Thank you for the call, Mitch. Um, Paul. Uh, the other thing that you had on our website yesterday at WGR550.com is Don Granado speaking with Andrew Peters, Craig Gervais, and Marty Biron on the Instigators yesterday, and he brought up the point that uh, you know he's trying to keep Matt Ellison, Dan Girardi as his assistant coaches on his coaching staff. Do you, how do you feel about that, and do you feel that's the right move for the Sabres and Granado going forward? Yeah, absolutely. That's no surprise at all. Um, I, I knew he thought a lot about them, and I think he's right. They were instrumental. In, in what went on for the Sabres and how they improved, especially in Girardi's case with the defense. We just talked about Yoki Haru and Darlene. They could relate to Girardi. I mean, they both played against him. So they, they've seen him on the ice. You know, he, he played right through 2019. So, you know, he, he gets that instant credibility of he wasn't retired 25 years ago when the game was different. You know, he can he can relate to the game as it's played today. Now, yeah, Rasmus Dahlin doesn't play the game like Dan Girardi did, but still he can relate to certain situations that, that uh, Dahlin can get himself into or that Yoki Haru or Samuelson or Borgen or any of the young guys can get themselves into. So he got a lot of respect that way, and I think he was also key in them improving their games. Matt Ellis... I, there, there was no question in my mind when Matt Ellis retired he was going to be a coach. I just thought, well, when's it going to happen? I mean, I've watched him run skates, uh, you know, during prospects camp. I mean, they'd have him out there, and, and he would do it, you know, how the players used to arrive in town in August, and I'd be out there talking to some of them. Uh, it wasn't a Sabres practice. Somebody had to run it, and since Matt Ellis was over there with the programs over at Harbor Center, you know, he would run practice for him, and it was just like an NHL practice. And they appreciated, you know, he made it hard and, and did the drills that he did. Um, Matt Ellis is very bright about the game. He was the type of guy that analyzed the game. He was the first guy to the arena, the last guy to leave, always in the gym, always an example. He had to be that way because he didn't have the talent to play any other way. You know, that's how he was going to make the NHL, and that's how he made his mark in the NHL is by doing all these things. And it's carried over into his coaching, too. So, yeah, no surprise at all that he would want them uh, on the staff. Last thing I'll ask you here, Paul, before we let you go on this wet and rainy Saturday, uh, just with your your thoughts overall on how the Sabres are going to approach 
the next few days after the expansion draft. So the expansion draft takes place on the 21st. The transaction freeze lifts on the 22nd at 1 o'clock. And then the next day on the 23rd is round one of the NHL draft. Do you believe that there's going to be any big move made in terms of maybe an Eichel trade, a Reinhardt trade, so they can get those first-round picks this year to keep to help build your prospect system a little bit more? Uh, do you think the Sabres draft Owen Power number one overall like many people expect? How do you think things kind of play out? I'm, I know it's asking for predictions and you don't do predictions, but uh, just how? what's your gut instinct when you're looking at uh, the next few days after the expansion draft? I would be surprised if they didn't draft Power. You know, I, I think that's the direction they're leaning in. Um, you know, I, I I am a little bit surprised that Reinhardt hasn't been dealt yet. That trade is so much different than the Eichel trade. So, again, you know, did you just not get the offers that you think you need to get to trade him? Um, it wouldn't shock me at all that as soon as – I mean, I think there's no question. As soon as that trade freeze is lifted, I think you're going to hear deals announced, trades announced. I think teams are going to have trades ready to go. Uh, you know, as I said, just because you can't make a trade doesn't mean you can't make a phone call. I mean, you can still call another GM and talk about a trade and get something ready. So when the trade freeze is lifted, then you're just all you need to do is basically send it into the NHL and announce it. So... You know, I think I think uh, on the twenty second it'll be very busy around the NHL. Um, I don't know the the Eichel thing. You just it's 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 impossible to know only because of the injury. You know what teams are thinking, how big of a chance are they willing to take? You know, do they think the injury is going to be fine? Do they agree with Jack as far as the surgery goes, or do they agree with the Sabers that they'd rather not have it done? But would Jack change his mind if he went to a team like Colorado? Thinking, I have I have a chance to win the Stanley Cup here. Uh, why in the, why in the world would I just not agree to do it their way? You know, uh, right? The, he's not going to do that with the Sabers because he doesn't want to be here. But yeah. you know, if he's going to go to a team like Colorado or Vegas or somebody like that, he might say, you know what, <laughs> I want to win the cup. I've been, I want to be in the playoffs. Let's do it their way. Right. Well, Paul, as always, your time is much appreciated on the show and also just throughout the time on WGR. And I um, hope you enjoy the rest of your rainy weekend, and we'll talk again, I'm sure, on Monday. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. Paul Hamilton joining us on the Western Hotline with the latest on the Sabres and what's going to happen. Again, the Sabres will have to have their protection list for the expansion draft in by 5 o'clock today. At some point tomorrow, we should know who they left unprotected, who they protected, as long as the rest of the NHL. And then the speculation can begin. Who does Seattle take? Who does Seattle not take? And we go from there. 803-0551-888-552-550. Speaking of Seattle, we'll go out to Seattle coming up next year as we're going to reach out to Chris Daniels from King 5 News in Seattle to talk about the Kraken, their preparations for the expansion draft, and also their preparations for the 2021-22 season. That's coming up next year. I'm Brayton Wilson, and I'm filling in for Nick Geary once again on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. How do you keep a workout fresh every day? By getting everything from endurance rides to restorative yoga. All right at home. The Peloton Bike. Nothing like working out from home. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. No matter what music you love or when you love to listen, Odyssey's new exclusive stations, including Tailgate Crashers and Arena Rock, are expertly curated for sports listeners like you. Introducing hundreds of new exclusive music stations available now only on Odyssey. 
All right, we're back here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR Sports Radio 550. Brayton Wilson here, filling in for Nate Geary once again. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in on this very dreary, rainy Saturday here in Western New York. On our Western Hotline right now is Chris Daniels from King 5 News in Seattle. We're going to jump into the Seattle Kraken and how things have been going on with preparations for not only this crazy week that's going to be coming up, but also the upcoming inaugural season for the Kraken. And Chris joins us right now. Chris, uh, good afternoon here in Western New York. Good morning to you in Seattle. Thanks again for taking the time to join us here. Yeah, good morning. It uh, sounds like you got some rain there. We just have the bluest skies you'll ever see here in Seattle, as the old Perry Como song goes. And it's going to be, a, I think, a pretty fabulous day here on the expansion draft day and the event. Well, uh, that is to come here in Seattle. Well, that's well, that's very nice for for you guys because we've got some pretty significant flooding here going on in Western New yeah. York. So it's a it's a it's a flip of things going on because usually a lot of people say you know oh Seattle it always rains all the time and here in Western New York usually our summers as of late have been really dry really hot and uh, you know droughts have been uh, a normal thing for us but I don't think we have to worry about that this year. Yeah, no, this is, uh, maybe it is a flip. We, we like to tell everybody in Seattle that it rains all the time, but we're, uh, <laughs> we're going now 32, 33 straight days without rain, and it uh, looks like we'll be at least 40. So we're, we're going to be in record territory here. And uh, I, I think that the, the people at the Kraken, uh, who have a expansion draft party on the water here scheduled, on Wednesday are hoping that it's a Chamber of Commerce day with the sun shining down. Yeah, I mean, that would just be a great scene for for everybody involved to, to have a really nice day for uh, Wednesday, a historic day for the Kraken franchise. I mean, what is the, the, the hype levels going around, not only just with the organization, but just throughout the city? I mean, we, we saw a little bit of it back with the, the Vegas Golden Knights when they came into the picture in 2017, but I mean, it seems like for the longest while, Seattle has kind of been waiting for this moment to have another professional team to join the ranks of the uh, the Seahawks and also the Mariners since the Supersonics left town years ago. Yeah, I mean, this, this week is going to be significant, I think, for the casual sports fan. It'll make it seem real. Uh, this is really, I mean, for me, this is a story going back now. 15 years in Seattle when when Clay Bennett bought the Sonics and immediately people started thinking that they're going to be moving out of town because this this guy from Oklahoma City and the the group from Oklahoma City uh, didn't really uh, seem like they wanted to keep the team in Seattle. And and ever since, it's been a a question of uh, will there ever be another winter sport in Seattle? Where will they play? And it, it really, with the NHL, started to take on a new life about 2011 2012 with the arena project uh, that had been put together a brand new arena uh, it went through stops and starts it ultimately uh, failed in front of the city council and, and then uh, we see this group led by tim lewicki uh, and later david bonderman that said hey we can finance a, a brand new building in the seattle center area that is uh, on the site of the old key arena where the sonics used to play and uh, we can spend a billion dollars doing it. And it was a privately financed deal uh, at a public park, and, and that was enough to convince the NHL, hey, uh, we're ready, we have the money, we have the finances uh, to have an NHL team at Seattle Center. And, uh, boy, it has, been, <laughs> it has been a drama. It has been a story uh, like really no other in Seattle, how, how we've seen all these twists and turns. But, but finally, this week, this coming week, when the players start walking out on the stage 
in the Kraken jersey, in front of the fans, in front of what is going to be a sold-out event, I think is when it's going to start to become real for a lot of casual fans. So, Chris, how are how is everything progressing in terms of the renovations that's being made to the old Key Arena? It's now Climate Pledge Arena, I believe it is. How is everything progressing that way, and and everything's going to be seem to be ready to go come the time that the puck drops on the opening season for them? Yeah, I was just in it this past week uh, on Monday. There was a tour for. Uh, guys like me, and it's uh, it, it really is not the same building that was there before. And I don't think anybody's going to ever try this kind of construction project in the future. But uh, the the roof of the old Key Arena was preserved, propped up, 44 million pound roof uh, that dates back to the 1962 World's Fair on that spot. And, and once it was propped up, everything else was uh, blown to smithereens, uh, so to speak, underneath a, a complete tear down uh, and rebuild uh, of multiple levels, suites on ice suites. Uh, it really is a doubling of the size of the old key arena on that site from, from about 380,000 square feet to 800,000 uh, square feet with a big glass facade and, and all sorts of paneling underneath for concerts. And there's certain seats with a certain uh, type of paneling to make it louder for hockey uh, so they really uh, have been billing it as a state-of-the-art top-five arena in, in the world. And it looks like, even with all the the issues with COVID and, and there was a short construction delay of a couple of days, that it will be done mid-October. Uh, and I think a lot of people here are questioning, does that mean it'll be ready for a home opener, meaning the season opener at home, or will they have to spend a few days on the road? And I think... The Kraken right now are hedging on that, waiting for that schedule to come out. Uh, but there is a possibility that, that the Kraken will have to open on the road just to get the finishing touches put on that arena. But it, it does look like it's going to be done, uh, at, by all indications, mid-October. And then they also have a practice facility, training center, uh, in another part of town that, that's an $80 million project uh, that's going to be done, uh, the first rink, the main rink, the Kraken's rink uh, for training on July 29th. Uh, so that, even with COVID, uh, the, the groundbreaking was the day before the first known case in the country. Uh, and they were able to plug uh, along and plug through and, and get that first rink done on July 29th. And the rest of that project scheduled to be open around Labor Day. So it really is uh, amazing what the construction workers here have done uh, in carrying out this vision and getting it all done in time for uh, this new season. Chris Daniels from King 5 News in Seattle joining us right now on the Wester Hotline as the Kraken get ready for the expansion draft coming up on Wednesday. Teams around the league participating in the expansion draft have to have their protection list in by 5 o'clock today, and those lists will be revealed to the public and the rest of the NHL sometime tomorrow. Before we get into the expansion draft, Chris, I, I, I do want to ask you about the hiring of Dave Hextall as the head coach. Um, how do you feel that kind of process played out and overall the general thoughts of Hextall being named as the first head coach in Kraken history? I, I mean, that that was one of the big hires they had to make, uh, obviously, before the draft. And uh, Ron Francis, the general manager, had said all along he wanted to get it done before the second quarter of uh, the year ended. So he did get that done by just a few days. And, and I would say that uh, it was a surprise. It was a surprise not only to people around uh, North America that follow hockey, uh, but people here in Seattle. He was not a name uh, that was mentioned a whole lot. And 
Uh, I think the one thing that shouldn't surprise is Ron Francis is very secretive about uh, who he's looking at, who he's looking at for staff, who he's looking at for his head coach. We've learned that already here in Seattle. Uh, he likes to keep a, a very tight ship uh, around any information uh, that may be out there. You're, you're seeing it as we advance towards the expansion draft and the NHL draft as well. So uh, I think the name was a surprise, but it wasn't a surprise that Ron Francis kept it so close to the best. Yeah, and, and that's going to make things very interesting in terms of how Ron Francis is going to play out uh, with his decisions for the upcoming expansion draft. And already we're hearing a bunch of interesting names that could be made available for Seattle ahead of uh, Wednesday's expansion draft. I don't know if you've given any thought to it, but how do you think this kind of plays out? Who are some of the more interesting names that you've been seeing out there and potentially being left unprotected that Seattle might take the bait and, and add to their roster? Because it seems like the that Ron Francis is willing to spend right up to the cap. The ownership has given them that luxury to spend up to the cap in order to build their team going forward. Well, I'll tell you one name that I, I don't think is going to be uh, part of the mix now. And, and uh, there, there had been a lot of buzz, I think, not only in the Kraken organization, but here in Seattle for T.J. Oshie uh, from the Capitals. Uh, a local guy was, was raised here in western Washington for most of his youth before he went off to War Road, Minnesota, and, and so there was this thought that, you know, this would be the, the guy you could build a franchise around, make your captain, make the face of the franchise, and, and then uh, over the second quarter of the year, he his father passed away. Uh, he had a great Stanley Cup uh, finals run, playoff run. Uh, it was great late in the season there, uh, and, and came out after the season and said, you know, I want to stay in D.C. This is where I want to be. And, and since that happened, you've seen him drop from every mock draft list. I, I, and you're not hearing his name with any sort of buzz now like we were prior to that. So that's one name I think that, that isn't, uh, isn't going to be in consideration. I, I think Tyler Johnson, uh, who grew up in Spokane, uh, you know, third, fourth liner in Tampa Bay, he's been talked about quite a bit. I think the situation in, in Carolina is worth watching. Uh, with, with Hamilton, just based on Ron Francis's ties to Carolina, he spent a majority of uh, the pandemic uh, still living on the East Coast and is, is obviously uh, greatly equated with that organization. So those are just a, a couple of the names. I, I think the goalies that have been bandied about uh, that, that will be exposed, that might be your initial star of the franchise, face of the franchise, just based on the, the, the quality of the netminders that are that are being discussed right now, but uh, it, it's going to be interesting tomorrow on Sunday, like you mentioned, with that list becoming public, that uh, people will really start focusing on certain names and saying, "Boy, if he if he doesn't draft this guy, uh, what's going on?" I mean, uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna see some some pretty big names exposed tomorrow. Yeah, and and one other one other team that's really interesting to kind of focus on is the Flyers because Hackstall coached the Flyers for quite a few yep. years and and got to know some of those notable players. And I think if I saw correctly, that maybe a guy like Jacob Voracek would be left unprotected for the upcoming expansion draft. Do you think that there's maybe some sort of possibility that uh, a name like Voracek could interest the Kraken, given his past history with Hackstall, and maybe that he could become a leader going forward for that team? Because if I think I remember correctly, Voracek only has, I think, two years, maybe three left on his contract um, going forward. He's got three years left on his contract, and it's at an $8.25 million cap hit. But 
if if you're looking to to build a good core leadership group for that young expansion, you know, franchise that's in Seattle, maybe a guy like Voracek would be a nice addition. Yeah, and I think one of the things that that people did immediately when uh, Haxel was hired was look at the, the the laundry list of players he coached in North Dakota, uh, potentially uh, that too that he's tied to uh, that that he would push to have uh, on the initial franchise as well. Again, going back to TJ Oshie, I don't think that's going to happen. That was one of his players, but uh, that that he could have uh, he could lean on Ron Francis to say, "Hey, man, I, I coached this guy in college. He'd be a winner here in Seattle." Chris Daniels joining us here on the Western Hotline from King 5 News in Seattle. Last thing I'll ask you, Chris, before I let you go, uh, the NHL draft. That's coming up now this upcoming Friday with round one starting, and Seattle won the second pick overall in the expansion or in the um, in the draft lottery, right behind the Buffalo Sabers. And there's a lot of prevailing thought around the league and here in Buffalo too that Owen Power is likely going to go number yep. one. So let's hypothetically say that is the case. Power goes number one. Who goes to Seattle at number two? I think that they uh, the Kraken would love power to drop to uh, the second slot, uh, just based on on Ron Francis's previous uh, administration and building on defense. Uh, I, I think you're looking at uh, a guy like Eklund and Beniers. I, I think are the most commonly mentioned going number two. And hey, I've even seen the scenario somebody is trying to float that, that the number two could go to Buffalo, and there's a a certain guy who isn't so happy in Buffalo that maybe maybe that would be enough to, <laughs> to mix up both organizations. Right. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen either. Yeah, yeah, it seems unlikely at this point. It, a lot of things, at least in my book, book would have to be uh, taken into consideration with who Seattle manages to, to poke from teams or pull out of teams in the expansion draft. And if they get those right pieces, then sure, anything is possible. But I think in terms of that discussion, it would it would have to take a very quick process in order for something like that to be pulled off with uh, Eichel possibly going to Seattle. But either yeah, way... I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, but I, I, I do think it's funny. I think it was, it was a headline here that Caesar Sportsbook says the Kraken have better odds to win the Stanley Cup than the Sabres. Yeah. And the <laughs> Kraken don't even have any players. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that too. And, you know, I mean, I think it's all generated primarily because of the success that Vegas had in their first year in the NHL right. with how everything that they were able to do. And, you know, not to say that Seattle doesn't have that chance of winning the Stanley Cup. It's just I just think a lot of teams are a lot more weary of how they're going to operate in this expansion draft compared to the one uh, with Vegas in 2017. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I think Seattle will, will come away with a, a pretty decent squad. We'll see if they come away – with a star, uh, a foundation, uh, you know, star of the franchise, I think that's one of the things they're going to need just for uh, just for casual observers, for people that are going to watch the game on TV. Because we already know that there is a tremendous amount of interest in the game day atmosphere. They're going to be sold out. Every game is going to be sold out. There's a waiting list to to get season tickets. It's going to be more about just building the brand, building the overall brand over the next two, three, four, five years and getting casual fans involved who want to spend a Wednesday night watching a game. I think that's that's why they need uh, somebody who's a marketable star out of the gate here in Seattle. Very good. Well, Chris, I'm sure this uh, will probably not be the first and only time we'll talk. This was a great conversation that we had, and 
uh, I guess best of luck for the next week, the busy week that you're likely going to have, and uh, enjoy the rest of the summer, and we'll talk down the road once the season gets started. Sounds good. Good luck with the draft. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. Uh, Chris Daniels from King 5 News in Seattle joining us on the Western Hotline. Great conversation there. If you missed it, Corey will have that on demand at WGR550.com. The Seattle Kraken getting ready to uh, to build their team within the next few days. Uh, we'll finally get the chance to look at Seattle as the 32nd franchise and what is to come from that franchise uh, over the course of the next few years. 803-0550-1888-550-2550 are the numbers to join us here uh, if you want to get in on the conversation. Uh, coming up next at 1 o'clock, we'll speak with Joe Yearden, hashtag the noted jerk on Twitter. Uh, we'll chat with him about the Sabres and, and maybe what's to come from the team going forward. And then at 1.30, we'll get some NHL draft talk, some last uh, preparations for the NHL draft as round one gets underway on Friday. We'll talk with Tony Ferrari from DauberProspects.com. That's all still to come here on Sports Talk Saturday. Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate Geary this week on WGR. WGR Sports Radio 550. There's even a tailgate rock station for you sports crazy fans. Check out the new exclusive stations on the Odyssey app today. All right, a few things to pass along before we hit another break, before we get Joe Yurden on the show. Quick update from the Open Championship. Louis Oosthuizen holding a one-shot lead over Jordan Spieth currently right now. Oosthuizen is at 13 under par, while Spieth is at 12 under par. So still plenty of really good, riveting, exciting golf to come over uh, over the course probably of the next 24 to 36 hours at least less than 36 hours. So uh, Ustase, again, 13 under par. Jordan Spieth, 12 under par. Right behind them, it is uh, Dylan Fratelli from South Africa and, and Colin Morikawa, both tied at 9 under par. So the top two starting to pull away from the field a little bit here as we close in on the ending of round three at the Open Championship in England. Also, a couple of other notes. One weather note, there's some flooding, some substantial flooding going on right now in Niagara Falls Boulevard near Maple Road, right I mean, right down the road here in Amherst. So if you're out and about, please be careful. Turn around. Don't drown. That is the uh, that is the common phrase that is referred to when uh, there is flooding on the road. Please don't don't risk it. Please don't risk it at all. Uh, also, a notable signing in the NHL that had just uh, come down the wire as uh, Miro Haskinen has re-signed with the Dallas Stars an eight-year contract extension, so he gets a max term with Dallas for 67 million dollars. So I think if my math is correct that's something like 8. Point, or uh let's see 8.45 million dollars something like that. So Hasten getting paid quite a bit by the Dallas Stars to stay in Dallas for the long term a uh and and the one thing that is notable about that is that it's going to drive the market up for a guy like Kale McCarr in Colorado. Might make things a little more difficult for him to resign with the Avalanche going forward. Also might th- make things a little bit more difficult down the road for a guy like Rasmus Dahlin if he ever is going to get a uh, long contract extension such as that. Yeah, the Stars have about $5 million bucks in cap space left, and they got 19 players under contract, it looks like, for next year. Yeah, a lot of the images also being shared 
uh, between uh, on social media for all the local uh, creeks and uh, rivers mm-hmm. that go, cut through town. They're all going to be overflowing pretty yep. soon. They're all pretty high. Yeah. Um, the north towns are getting absolutely pasted. It's like um, I think the Pew had three inches by ten o'clock this wow. morning already in terms That's of rainfall. Insane. Yeah, we just do not get this level of rain. Yeah. So please, if you see a, a street that it looks like it's got water in it, yes, don't bother going through don't, it. Turn that sucker try. right around. Just turn around. Not worth find it. an alternate route. Please be careful out there. And uh, for more coverage on this, you could be sure to go over to WBEN uh, News Radio 930 to hear the local coverage that's going on. Also, be sure to check out their website, uh, WBEN.com for more. Uh, we've got one more hour left in the show. We're less than now two hours away from the transaction freeze in the NHL. And uh, we'll speak a little bit more about that with Joe Yurden coming up next. The hashtag noted jerk on Twitter also contributes with the Associated Press and Die by the Blade. Joe's coming up next here. And again, Tony Ferrelli at 1.30 to talk about the NHL draft. Still plenty to come on Sports Talk Saturday. Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate Geary here on WGR. WGR Sports Radio 550. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.